0: Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Ange. And this is the Multiply and Replenish ish podcast.
1: Welcome back, Replenishers. We're back with episode five of our podcast, right?
0: Yes. The one that's been a long time coming because we both read this book. A long time ago. Yeah, I, I actually started listening to it a second time since then. I have too.
1: So it's been a minute um brave not perfect yes this book was recommended to me by my therapist (laughs) and it was so good that i put it out on instagram and then lauren read it and then i immediately was like oh and just like loving this book
0: so (laughs) i'm just gonna read it so today we'll be talking about that yeah we're going to start with a synopsis of the book. We're going to keep it pretty short and simple so that you guys are left wanting more and you want to go read the book. And then we'll give you our thoughts on the book. So, this book was written by
1: Reshma... Saojin. Saujin. I think that's how you say it. Reshma it's, Saojin. It's Indian, so I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. <laughs> it sounded great.
0: Okay. She writes about basically how boys are taught from a young age to explore and take risks and girls are conditioned to be perfect and to please people around them um, which means that girls kind of grow up to be women that are afraid to fail. Yeah. But men on the other hand
1: are, grow up to take more risks and be more brave. Be more brave. It was interesting because she actually addresses that this isn't just a United States thing either. It's like a global trend among but differences between men and women. One statistic she gave, which I feel like wraps up kind of this idea in her book, is she said to apply for a job, men will apply if they qualify for only 60% of the required qualifications where women won't apply unless they have 100% of the qualifications. So if that tells you anything about kind of how men and women are different, different in that way, this is kind of what the whole book is about. Another example
0: from childhood was the slide one. She talked about how a husband was up there with some boys and a daughter and he'd just push the boys down and be like, just, just go.
1: But then when the daughter got scared, he kind of backed off and was like... He helped her climb down. It was like a slide on a mountain. It was like a really high one. Yeah. And and he helped her down rather than pushing her. And her mom actually yelled, push her! And people were so mortified. Shocked. They were mortified that she would even suggest to push this daughter. Yeah, down the slide.
0: So, I mean discouraging her from taking risks yeah, because she was uncomfortable or whatever. But just assuming that the boys will we'll get over it yeah. and they'll do it. So that's
1: kind of the synopsis of the book. Uh, so Reshma, oh my gosh. She got, I don't remember what she got her degree and I think it was in business of some kind like accounting or something like that. And later in her life, she f- decided to take a risk. She decided to be brave. And she like ran for Congress, yeah. and lost <laughs> like Bad. big time, yeah. <laughs> um, but she realized that that was like the first brave thing she did in her life, and I think maybe she ran again later, yeah. But ultimately, she's now um, the CEO and founder and founder of Girls Who Code, and she's teaching girls all over the country how to code because that's kind of an area where girls are lacking not where girls are lacking, a field that is lacking girls. And so she's the founder of Girls Who Code and she's in charge of that right now, which I think is pretty cool. Incredible. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're gonna now go ahead and read some of your guys' responses to our Instagram polls, which was really interesting. The polls that I put up kind of um, go along with the ideas that are posed in this book. And you guys really came through and proved (laughs) all the points true. King let me, me just tell you <laughs> okay so well first we asked how many of you have read the book 88% said no 12% said yes so we got a lot of you who need to read the book uh, then we asked do you consider your wait wait that's not the next one okay then we asked would you consider yourself a perfectionist 65% of you said yes said no. And I think it's important to note here, I looked at the responders and it looks like 99% of them are women that are answering these questions. So just so you know that. 65% said yes, I consider myself a perfectionist. 35% said no. And then do you consider yourself a people pleaser? 85% said yes. 15% (laughs) said no. Mm and then to flip it i asked does your spouse or significant other consider themselves a people pleaser 68% said no 32% said yes
1: yeah so considering that our followers are 99% women with male spouses with male spouses it's interesting to see the flip of our responders most of them felt like they are perfectionists and people pleasers and people pleasers as women and their male spouses they viewed as not perfectionist and not a people pleaser. Yeah, so that was just
0: really interesting to see. It's I actually I answered the poll myself and I said I wasn't a perfectionist. Lol, that was a lie. <laughs> so if any of you also feel like you lied, you're
1: not alone. Well, to to the point of these responses, maybe we should talk about how we view perfectionism each of us especially after having after read after reading the, the book, book yeah. yeah well i i answered that question
0: after i had read the book a few weeks prior and then as i was rereading the book i was like dang <laughs> i f- basically forgot what perfectionist tendencies i had yeah, until cool. i'm like starting to re reevaluate them but to me, perfectionism, I was, the reason I thought that I wasn't a perfectionist was I was like, oh, I don't do things. <laughs> like, I don't have to do things perfectly. But what I was really saying is that I won't do things unless I know that I can do them perfectly. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's like straight up the definition of perfectionism. But, I don't know, what do you think about?
1: Yeah, I was thinking that for my whole life when I pictured like a perfectionist, well one, I pictured someone that like, because they're a perfectionist, they like have their whole have life it all together. together. Yeah. Like 4.0 exercises, like just really well, or they're successful in their business life or something. Or in their family. Or, yeah, or, like, oh, they're a perfectionist, so they, they get the kids' lunches all packed. They always celebrate holidays this way. Like that's how I viewed perfectionism, which I'm not saying it's not. But yeah, I'm learning that for me, perfectionism is absolutely like I'll only do things I'm good at or if I'm afraid I will fail I don't Don't touch it (laughs) yeah I yeah I definitely think that's a
0: perfectionism that it's a lot of people's issue which is basically
1: what this book is talking about right um so another way that I feel like my perfectionism has manifested throughout my life is not just in things that I do but it's being a people pleaser. Like I have tried to be a people pleaser in every facet of my life, whether that's parent, like job, spouse, daughter, daughter daughter-in-law, sister, sister sister-in-law, like every single role, friend, whatever. I have tried to put on the best version of myself in every situation in order to please people and make them like me because in my mind if I make someone upset with me or they dislike me in any kind of way that's like life ending for me and so that's one way that my perfection manifests I don't know about you with people pleasing for you how does that show up for you
0: yeah I I definitely have the tendencies to want people to like me and so sometimes I feel like that just manifests in not being problematic in any way, like having mm-hmm. very bland
1: being very neutral being about very things.
0: neutral about everything. And not to say that's not who I am because I am a very chill person. That's true. Like I I'm a very chill person. But I think having grown up not having grown up, but like having come into my own thoughts and becoming an ideas. adult. Just becoming an adult. I'm learning that my I'm learning that not everything that I think and believe is what everyone else.
1: Like the things that you you realize you think and believe are not necessarily going to please other people's expectations, maybe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like I don't have to be perfect.
1: Yeah. I can. And it's okay if those thoughts that you have are not going to please other people. Yeah. 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 Mine's obviously to a much more severe degree, and that's why my therapist recommended this book. <laughs> it's affected my mental health in a pretty severe way. So if there are people listening out there that feel like their perfectionism is kind of getting them down mentally, Like, I get it, and it's okay, and this book would absolutely bring you some relief from that. Yeah. So
0: that's kind of how it's affected our thinking of perfectionism. What do you think are some things that stood out in the book that helped you notice perfectionism in your life? Because I feel like perfectionism is such a big word that, like, there's little things going on in our lives that we don't even realize are people-pleasing or perfectionism tend- tendencies.
1: Yeah. Well, one for me is actually, like, my to-do lists. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's weird because it's, like, nobody's expectation except me. But having a to-do list of, like, okay, I'm going to clean the toilets. I'm going to pack the lunches. I'm going to journal for myself. I'm going to exercise. Like, I used to have this, like, laundry list of ten things mm-hmm. every single day. And, like, why did I do that? It's because I felt like I needed to be checking off all these lists mm-hmm. to be a successful person or a successful <laughs> mother or a successful wife. And it's like, so that's one way that I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I liked the example in the book.
0: She's talked about how women tend to create interactions with people that are as kind and well-mannered as possible as unproblematic as possible. so like I think about this is kind (laughs) of a silly example but I think about writing emails at work Mm -hmm. okay so me as a teacher or a former teacher anytime I would have to email someone I would like read it over three or four times and make sure it sounded kind make sure it wasn't rude in any way like Mm -hmm. make sure I would make sure the grammar was correct I don't know if that's the same like I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And all of these things before I'd send it. Okay. That was... And have someone else look at it. Yeah. And it's exhausting like mm-hmm. to do that. And then I <laughs> I just thought of this today. Like Miles is very blunt in his work. Like if his boss is doing something stupid, mm-hmm. he's not afraid to call it out and just say it as it is. Like mm-hmm. he's a realtor. So he, he sells homes. And if price is too high he's like that's not good let's do (laughs) like you know and whereas i'd be like we may want to look at some of these in order to see if uh, like i'd dance around it whereas he would just be like boom
1: let me know if that's gonna work for you exclamation mark does that make sense (laughs) yeah does that oh my gosh does that make sense is that okay with you are you comfortable with that yeah yeah I actually, that reminded me of something that happened with one of my male coworkers. So we were doing parent-teacher conferences, <clears throat> and he's one of the, the teaching aides in our class, and he's male, right? And he's younger than me. He's like 23, so he's like at the beginning of his teaching career. And one the parents asked him a question about a student, and as I was listening to him talk, he was just very matter-of-fact just gave the facts, you know, and just gave his answer. And I was like, when I was a 23-year-old teacher in a parent-teacher conference, I would not have sounded like that Mm -hmm. at all. I would have very much been like, well, the great thing about your kid and blah, like I would have done like the Oreo method, like good, then here's the critique, then here's the, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, especially in teaching, you gotta say nice things about the kids. But the way that he spoke was so unfiltered. Mm -hmm. It was respectful and it was professional. But it was unfiltered. And I'm yeah, like...
0: It really got out of the problem
1: instead yes, of dancing around it. Exactly.
0: I I yeah, I think dancing around issues in order to not seem
1: too abrasive yes. is
0: very much a tendency of a lot
1: of women. And she does touch on that in the book a little bit, talking about how women are just kind of... We're, we're given this expectation of, like, don't be too loud. Don't be too aggressive. Don't be too this or that. do be too bossy. Don't yes. be too... Yeah. Because then we won't—I don't know—we we'll won't be seen as a bitch. We'll be seen as a bitch, and <laughs> then we won't get anywhere in life. life. <laughs> and how that is a load
0: of crap. Yes, absolutely. Anywho, another thing about perfectionism that I noticed in my life is uh, trying not to appear stupid when I don't um, when I don't know what somebody's talking about. <laughs> I don't, like, okay, if someone asked me a question about a random subject or said a word that I didn't know, yeah. I would pretend to know. Like, I would just kind of, <laughs> I would kind of, like, skate over it and, like, try to appear like I know what I'm talking about, but try to move on to the next subject as quick as possible. Okay. Lauren, sorry, you finished first. But a man, or maybe, maybe I'm talking too much man and woman somebody who's not as much as a perfectionist, somebody who's brave would just say, I don't know what that means. Or can you tell me like what you're talking
1: about? Yeah. Honestly, Lauren, it's so validating because I do this all the time and I thought I was the only person. I'm like trying to think of an example. With my husband, I've done this. Like, so Jeff's really savvy with politics. And he wants to talk politics with me. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. I want to get into that. But sometimes he'll bring up a topic and he'll use a term. And in the past, I've just been like, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what I think about this. And I would just, like, move on to what I did know what I was talking yeah. about. But now I'm like, what, is, what that? is that? Can I don't know what that is. Oh, gosh. I well, think that's the phrase I'm using. Is I'm, I'll just go, I don't know what that is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start saying I don't know what that is more because I <laughs> – definitely do that way more than i should
1: yeah politics
0: is a big one for me oh my
1: gosh yeah like uh, like i don't there was some issue that i think oh jeff will be like did you hear in the news what happened in like i don't know iran and i'm like no i used to be like yeah like what do you think about it (laughs) (laughs) now i'm just like no what happened (laughs) tell me more Because oh it's not—it's not brave. First of all, if you want to be someone who is well versed in politics, like it's not brave to pretend like you know what you're talking about, because you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to progress in politics <laughs> if that's something you care about, you know. So it's not just politics either. It's
0: like tons of things. Yeah,
1: me too.
0: <laughs> or acronyms. It? Oh yeah. At work, I don't know what it is about education. What is Acron- with all the acronyms? Acronyms are everywhere and like someone would say, Yeah C S L W and I'm like, Yeah. I know
1: what that is. Yeah. I pull up Google. Right? CLS- I look it up on Google. And then education. The education. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. After so that.
0: to all of you out there that do this, I'm sure there are a lot of you. Just be okay with not knowing things because yeah. guess what? Everybody has those moments. It's not just you. So that's one way to be brave. Just say, I don't know what that means. means. Tell me more about that. Tell me more. Love it. Okay, the last couple of questions that we asked were a little more open-ended. It was, what holds you back from trying something new? And then what is something you've always wanted to do that you haven't? So... Basically, what holds you back, most people said, had something to say about fear, Mm -hmm. whether it's fear of failure, fear of not excelling, which is interesting because in the book she talks about how for women, that's the same thing. Yeah. Not excelling at something. Oh, I must have failed.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of a quote from the book that says, if I can't rock it, I'll just skip it. Yeah. So, like, if I can't be amazing at it, I just am not gonna do it. Perfection or bust. Yes.
0: So a lot of people have that same response. I hate not being good at things, especially when it doesn't come naturally. Um, I'm afraid I won't excel at it. Uh, Fear from fear, I'm not going to do well with it. So yeah, literally everybody has the same response. Yeah. And that's that's it's the title of the book. Brave, not perfect. Yeah. And then what is something that you've always wanted to do but haven't? We have friends that I'll just pick a couple. We have friends that want to go out of the country and have never done that. We have friends that want to perform for a crowd. (laughs) You have something in common with Angela, I think, that we will discuss a little bit later. We have people that want to start a business. Ooh. So, yeah, just all of you people that answered that question, I think you should do what you just
1: said you've never done that you wanted to do. Yeah. And it's really scary, obviously, because it's scary to not do something if we're not going to do it well or excel at it. But she, in the book, gives, I think the last few chapters are like steps on how to be brave and how to step out of your perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to do your business, like this book tells you ways that you can start that or do pieces of it. If you want to, you know, dance in front of a crowd, like this book gives you, you know, mental fortitude <laughs> skills, like start thinking of things in this way or that way. So, we definitely feel that. We feel things that we want to do that we've never done. Lauren, what's something? If you could do anything and you could be just brave and not care, what would you do? let me take you back
0: <laughs> to high school lauren i i told you this before that every not everything but most of the things i've done in my life i've done because i knew i was good at them mm, me too so back in high school i thought you know what's a cool job like that would be really cool to have a photographer like that would be so cool and then little inner critic critic critiquer that's what i was gonna say (laughs) my little inner critic was like oh you don't know anything about photography so obviously you're probably not really good at it and then also like you're not like cool enough you know photographers are like
1: cool and like i'm making a very shocked face right now
0: but this is what you said to these yourself. Were, these were all thoughts I had. And I was like, okay, it would be really hard. I'd have to learn lots of different things. Like, photography ain't no joke. Mm-mm. Like, there's a lot of things that you can learn. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to skip it. That's just not, this is just not who I am. And so now, almost 30 years old, I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot at it. I ordered a camera last week. Woohoo! Yes. And <laughs> part of me was like, I'm old. Like, all these little photographers, like 17 <laughs> year olds with their fancy, <laughs> I don't know, you know, fancy aesthetic. Mm, and I'm like, filters. what in the actual heck? Mm. Like, who gives a crap? So just do it. I'm just gonna do it. And. In the words of Shia LaBeouf, don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, so that's one thing that when I read this book, I was like, hey, that was something I thought a long time ago and maybe it's time for me to just give it a shot. Even if I fail, even if I suck at it. And today, literally, I looked up on YouTube photography for beginners and I knew nothing. I looked at it and I was like, what the f- is aperture (laughs) and uh, what kind of camera should I be getting? I went to Best Buy and I talked to the lady and she was very kind other than the fact that she was like, she, she was like, so what, what experience do you have? And I was like, my phone. And she kind of gave me a look like, and you want to be a professional photographer? And I was like,
1: hell yes, I do.
0: So i'm gonna say she this.
1: because she has the expectation oh that you have to be good at it in order to
0: do it very true it was a woman that that thought i couldn't do it
1: mm. how rude how rude anywho so
0: that's what i would do if i didn't care what anyone else thought and it
1: is what i'm doing i love it because i don't care what anyone else thinks I'm going to share mine, but I want to go back to something you just said, because it reminded me of something in the book. You were talking about how when you were saying you, you were telling yourself not to do photography mm-hmm. in high school. And you ended it with saying, like, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. She says in the book that women often, we we view our successes or our failures as a direct effect of us, of who mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, Which I'm not... Lo- I never thought about before but it's so true like I thought if I'm gonna be a teacher (laughs) which I also went into teaching because I thought well I'll be good at it so I'll do that same 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 Mm, which was not brave I'm just gonna put it out there oh it is
0: brave to be a teacher me becoming a dance teacher after having danced (laughs) my entire life and knowing that I'm good with like teenagers I guess yeah that was not brave at all. Not saying I didn't love that job. I loved that job,
1: and not saying that teachers aren't brave on a day to day basis. Well, they're brave
0: in a different way. They're brave but in like, a different becoming way. a
1: teacher. <laughs> yes, like choosing that career path for both of us. For both of us was not, not brave. brave. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I told myself if I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to be the best damn teacher there is because if I am, that makes me successful. a good person. That makes me successful as a person. Which it's like. Not as a teacher, no, as a person. As a person, like being a good teacher makes a better Angela. Like no, they're kind of separate things, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that you said, like, yeah, being a photographer, like, it's not it's who me. I am. Yeah. It's not who I am. But it's like you can do photography and not. Yeah, it doesn't change you. By, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. change you as a person. Like, you're still a kind friend and a good mother and like. Being yeah. a photographer and failing at photography is not going to change that. right That's so, so funny. I just
0: thought of another thing. That, can't
1: do it. Okay, I'm not, I don't want to do
0: this. But <laughs> midway through my undergrad um, dance education major, mm-hmm. I was like, "I don't want to do this anymore." And I think it was me telling myself, like, "Wow, you really don't like you really don't want to do this that much." Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to switch majors, I'm going to go to the U, and I'm going to study psychology.
1: Mm, do you remember this? I do. I we got, talked about this a I got bit. into
0: the U, I got my student ID, I went to the oh my gosh, I orientation, yes. I had figured out all the classes I needed to take to, in my psychology degree, and then I, then I, I backed out. Cause I, first of all, I think I was scared. I think that was the biggest thing. I was scared. Yeah psychology was something I'd been interested in but it was also something I'd have to start from scratch Yeah. Right. I already know a ton about teaching I already know a ton about dance I already know that I'm good at it I already know this that and the other so it's interesting to me that I because I still have an interest in psychology yeah. like I still just as a person I'm very aware of other people's like what's the word
1: I was gonna say feelings, but that feels too basic.
0: Yeah, but you know, I'm yeah. I'm empathetic. I like to understand why people feel the way they do. Mm-hmm. All these things. So that's kind of why that interest sparked up, and I just I shut it down hardcore, which is yeah. really interesting and not so brave of me. And I wouldn't change it. I'm glad sure. I did what I did, yeah. and I don't think I would be happy. <laughs> yeah, in psychology, but it's just it's interesting that how quickly I shut that down because of fear of not being good
1: at it that's so funny because our stories are almost like a complete I'll inverse say, yeah. so I was doing my music education degree mm-hmm. an arts education degree and it was percussion at the use very competitive like first of all I didn't realize how big of a deal it was that I even made it into that program and in hindsight I'm like oh sweet summer child like you are better than you think you were because you were even in that program but and it was hard and it was competitive and there were a lot of other percussionists that were way better than me and i failed to see the fact that literally i was a freshman and i was looking at like juniors seniors. and seniors <laughs> like i was not thinking about that i felt like i needed to be at their level as a freshman which was just ridiculous but anyway it felt really competitive and it re- It felt really hard being in the practice room like four hours a day and feeling like this is too much and I don't think I'm good enough for it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I was good enough for music. So I decided to do psychology because (laughs) in my undergrad courses, I took Psych Psych 1010. um, I was like, I get this. Like, I totally understand these concepts. This feels super easy for me. So I switched my major to psychology. Which in the same way, I wouldn't change it because it led me to my Montessori job. It led me to all things Montessori. So, yeah, Why I don't like... Really I never ideas. noticed
0: how completely, like, I paralleled don't. that is? Well, us. I
1: forgot about the fact that you did apply to the U for the psychology program. Like, I... Because it, it was kind of like a short, quick... But I remember talking to you about it, too. Like... It,
0: it was... It, I was thinking about it for a while, though, because yeah. that whole last semester before I applied... I took out most of my dance classes only enough to get my associate's degree. Mm, mm -hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, this is so weird. I know, what a weird, like, inverse parallel universe Mm. we're living right now. So, anyway, that is my journey, which was the flip flop of yours. Yeah. But the thing (laughs) I would do if I didn't, if I had no fear, if I didn't care what anyone else was gonna, like, judge me for, I would be. In a musical, like 100%. Per- I have this dream of being like freaking Belle in The Beauty oh, and the Beast. That was my dream!
0: Yes. They did Beauty and the Beast my senior year of high school, and I wanted to audition so bad, <laughs> but I was too busy doing the thing that I was good at, being on a dance mine. company. Just, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten the part.
1: But, but at least you. I, I should have tried. tried. Yes, if anything, you would have been in the ensemble because you're a dancer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, okay. As a teacher, as a dance
0: teacher, many of my students would come up to me before they graduated and say, like, I want to try out for this team, but I know I'm not going to make it, so I don't think I'm going to do it. And I would always, always, always say, you should try out for the
1: experience whether you make it or not. It's, like... What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. What the worst that could happen is you don't make it. Right. <laughs> and yet And yet
0: how come I can say that to them? Mm-hmm. And then I can't also do that. I know. Yes.
1: Like kids I taught on the drumline, they're like, I wanna audition for XYZ. I'm like, Yeah, just do it. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? You don't make it and you're in the same exact spot you are right now. <laughs> like Which brings us to another quote from the book. We make better decisions for others than we do
0: for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're thinking about decision, I think
1: try to see it from, like, what your friends would tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're so much more encouraging and supportive of and believing in other people. Than ourselves. Yeah. Because we got that inner voice. Man, You when you were doing your inner voice from high school, and I was, like, making that shocked face, it was because, like... So mean to you, <laughs> but mine is so mean to me, yeah. so mean to me. I've had to tell her she's wrong so many times I the know. past I, need, I could I need keep working on that for sure because i i
0: I do that still to this day all the time, like yeah. my inner critic is so rude. so
1: rude, and I don't think we're alone in that. I think so many women have really harsh inner critics yeah. because honestly, we were criticized a lot growing up. I mean, men were too in a different kind of way, but we as women have just taken it so personally throughout our life.
0: That's a goal that I feel like we could have, is turn your inner critic into your best friend. Yeah. Like, what would your best friend or someone you love say to you?
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, adjusting our inner critic is a good goal to have. I think that's going to be a long-term goal. Yeah, that's something that... You can't unlearn in a day. No. That's
0: something I'm sure everyone can attest to that. Your inner critic has been developing your entire your life. Your entire life.
1: And depending on how old you are, that's a lot of years.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a goal that I have. And hopefully you guys can kind of be nicer to yourselves. Do You, you know, know what
1: has been helping me <clears throat> is with Jeff, sweet Jeff is I actually tell him sometimes what my inner critic is saying, like out loud. Yeah. And then he reinforces like, that's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you really believe that? Because that's not true at all. Have you ever
0: asked him what his inner, is his also
1: rude? I haven't asked him, but I have heard his inner critic come out in some of our more emotional conversations and his inner critic is really mean. Yeah. And I don't like him. And sometimes I say like, be nice to my boyfriend. Like, he, be nice to my boyfriend. You're being so rude to him. Like, I don't think I don't see him that way. You yeah. shouldn't see him that way either. So sometimes, if you have a partner or even just like a best friend, to let your inner critic come out sometimes because then your your friend, your best friend, can tell you how stupid it is. Yes, and how absolutely insane, like. The thoughts that go inside your head. Because you don't be. think it's insane until you put it out loud. Because yeah. if it's just in your own head, like, it all makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you look ugly in that outfit. Yeah, you're a bad dancer. You'll never get picked in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, if that's a long-term goal, what would you want to do? Like, let's do our weekly intentions.
0: Okay, right so we'll end, with, we'll end with this. Hopefully you guys have gotten a good grasp on kind of what the
1: book's about. Hopefully, it makes you want to read the book. It's so it's good. so good. We're both on round two. Yes, it's short. It's sweet. The audiobook's awesome. She, the author, reads it herself. Yeah. Um. So, this week's intention.
0: I think for me this week. I got my camera today. Yay! So I ordered it last week. It came today. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be really kind to myself and realize that. I don't know anything. But I'm gonna just give it a shot I'm just gonna start looking up YouTube videos I'm gonna start asking people I know that are photographers I'm gonna start taking pictures just you know doing whatever so that's my intention for the week also I feel like the inner critic thing is a
1: good intention for me to have too yeah the inner critic is ongoing (laughs) and my therapist is also helping me with that um but as I, as I talked about the thing I would do Being in a musical Honestly it makes me so uncomfortable To say this But I'm going to try this week My exercise when I have time this week Will be to look up like Jazz style dancing On YouTube And I'm going to learn Jazz style musical style dancing And it's going to be uncomfortable Yeah. But I'm, I'm doing it Good That's awesome I love jazz dance and, ma- and you know what? If I want some pointers, I'll come ask you.
0: Do it. Jazz is really vast. I, I will totally tell you that. Good. Like, there's lots of different... Like, you'll... You can't... You're making me nervous, Marty. <laughs> <Sorry. Hard>. Just <laughs> let me be brave. <laughs> <laughs> just let me take it, no, an it just a saying, piece set it down. I'm entire. just saying it could be helpful to, like, look at musicals that you like mm. and mm-hmm. that you already know yeah. and find dances similar to that because okay. you might... You'll probably... You look up jazz dance, you might get some fossy Oh, I see what you're and saying. And you'll never use that.
1: You're saying to help me narrow down research. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yes. bet.
0: I'll do that. I'm not saying you have to be a vast
1: <laughs> jazz dancer. I'm saying you should narrow it down. Got it. So To give me a small stepping stone. Yes, love, love that. Got it. Love that. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We really hope that you liked the insights and that you read the book. And we're going to put up a poll, not a
0: poll, we're going to put up a question that's asking what you guys are going to do to be brave, and I really hope that you will think of something specific and write it into us, because we'd love to hear some of the brave things you guys are going to do in your lives. Also, this is going to be our last episode. Through the end of the year, we're going to take a break for the holidays. Yes. We just get very busy.
1: Gets busy. We got families to take care of. We got sicknesses
0: that we know are going to come around and our voices are going to be gone again. That's why the last few have been kind of sporadic. We both got sick and lost our voices and Mm -hmm. it's just been great. So yeah, you guys won't hear from us for a little bit. We will come back with some of the topics that we've already mentioned we're going to do. We'll do a body image
1: episode. We got a few other things... So we'd like to do a few other things cooking. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And as always, life's really long. And there's plenty of time to figure it out. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at multiplyinreplen.ish. Talk to you soon.